there. You are listening to the Girl Talk podcast. We want to say thank you to our friends at Fox Toyota of East Tennessee for being a sponsor of Season 6. We love you, folks. My name is Carol. I'm Kelly. Hey, I'm Trisha. A lot of people will see the title of this um, podcast and maybe think it's political, but that's Mm. not where we're going. Okay? So I want to start by reading this quick little thing from this book called With One Cry, A Renewed Challenge to Pray for America by a guy named David Butts. He said this, home teams have the fans and the noise. We all know what it's like to be the home team, right? Almost everyone in the stands is cheering for the home team. There was a small band that played the school fight song. You know, you hear all that. For many years now, the church has been the home team in America. Mm -hmm, We've had the advantage that a home team enjoys. We were the culturally culturally dominant force that had to be dealt with by everyone else. When national leaders talked about faith, everyone knew they were referring to Christian faith. But the church is no longer the home team in America. And if we can understand that, we will pray differently and more effectively for our nation. That's Mm -hmm. what we're going to be talking about today today. And um, I think when a lot of people hear post-Christian, we live in a post-Christian world, what does that mean to you guys? I think very similar to what you just said. Christian, yeah, we're no longer, it's no longer the home team. I think when we were growing up and even, you know, 10 years ago, Mm. pretty much everybody we knew went to church. Yeah. Everybody we knew, we we were coming from the same uh, perspective, the same, at least starting point. We may have different divergent opinions or divergent values once yeah. we got from the starting point but we were still at the same starting point yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah for me it just is a sense of easiness it's easy yeah sure go to church you know you get allowances for church oh there's nothing scheduled on sunday you know things it, it's easy to go with the flow you don't have to kind of fight your way to get to any place where right. you're going to be worshiping god um you're not out of the ordinary at a certain time, schools allowed prayer and, and right. even encouraged it at certain times. Yep. And so all of these things are no more. And that's kind of what it means to me. It's no longer just going with the flow. And so how does that change who we are as believers in a post-Christian world? I think one of two things happens. Either you go dead silent about your faith because you're afraid of offending mm-hmm. somebody. Or you make it your job to offend everybody. (laughs) Neither which is the place we need to live. Right, yeah. So let's talk about how we deal with the idea of not being the home team anymore and what we can do to kind of still stand up for our faith in light of that we're not the home team anymore. I think one thing we have to remember is that not everybody knows who Jesus is anymore. Mm, That's so true. That they're not... They really don't have that basic foundation. And in many ways, that's probably, that may be a good thing. Right. That they're they're not coming to the table with these preconceived ideas of who Jesus was. They just don't even, they don't know. And so we've got, it's almost like we've got a third world country or a, um, a brand new set of people to go and minister to who've never heard the word of God before. Yeah. And you know, it's interesting you should mention that because I was talking to a girl last night. And she said, I, she she was getting baptized, and I said, are you new to the faith, or have you been a believer a long time? She said, well, I grew up in a what I would call a Christian home, but I learned some very um, untrue things about God early on in my life. And I, I was, like, intrigued that she used those words, because I think that those who haven't grown up in church, who maybe grew up in some 
um, other, e- even religion, and come with no preconceived ideas about who God is. It's easier to explain Jesus to them than it is people who have some kind of religious baggage and kind of you have to unlearn those things and then relearn the, the truth, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think that is true. But growing up here in the Bible, I mean, I've grown up here. You've been here your whole life, right? My whole life. You just crossed the mountain in Kingsport. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you've growing been here. Up, yeah. Bible Belt kind of girls. Um, it's sometimes more difficult to unlearn the untrue things about God that we kind of picked up along the way. Maybe nobody stood in front of us at Sunday school and taught that. But we grew up with that perception of this is who God is. And then actually to mm-hmm. seek out the truth for ourselves and understand who God is and that being two very different things, mm-hmm. you know. Well, I think when I think back about my, like my grandparents' generation, um, that generation, when they said they were Christians, they, they were Christians, they actually went to church. Mm. They were in church, you know, twice a week, sometimes three times a week um, and very faithful. Yeah. Then the next generation said they were Christians but didn't actually go to church. And so they they didn't necessarily have their li- their lives align with mm. um true biblical values. It was oh yeah, my parents were Christians and so yeah. I I'm a Christian. Sure. Grandfathered in. Yes, I'm yeah. grandfathered in to the faith and so there's a lot of people in this generation now who grew up in a you know, mm-hmm. quote unquote Christian home that never really saw those values played out because mm-hmm. they didn't really those parents didn't really know how to play those values out I think and I think along with that you're also going to be interacting now with people I'm going to be interacting with people who have negative Mm. feelings about Mm -hmm. Christians you say Christian and sometimes they don't know what that means and sometimes they have a really poor um, understanding or Mm. stereotype in their head of what that means and so it's it's an interesting time. Yeah. And there there are positives to the time. There are mm. challenges as we're talking about, but there are some positives to yeah. this time. We're supposed to stand out. Yeah. And um it was so easy to just say, Yeah, I'm a Christian and not follow that up with anything. But now um you're seeing people are no longer really kind of on the fence. They're either trying to live it or or not interested in it. And yeah. Yeah. um so you're seeing more kind of um, just, just more variance in that, I mm, think. Yeah. And I think there, there could be some positives in that if we recognize it as an opportunity mm. to stand up for our beliefs. Yeah. But it's, it's not easy. I mean, there, it's, it's challenging now. Yeah. And I think the way that we have conversations about faith, um, the, the reason that this matters and the reason we're talking about on this podcast, because you're thinking, well, what is this? Why does this even matter? Well, because... If you start from the perception that being a Christian is still the home team kind of mentality, probably what you're going to do is have a very negative interaction with somebody about faith. Mm-hmm. But if you think of um, Christians as not the home team anymore, the visiting team, it kind of totally changes your perspective. I got to go on a mission trip back in, I think it was early 2000s. And um, we, the, the place we were going on the mission trip to this lady saw us um, in the airport and she came over and she started talking. She was from that country and was studying to be a missionary to the United States. And it absolutely just blew my mind. I'm like, here we are going to your country and you're studying to come to our country to be a missionary. And I think it's that same kind of mentality that mm-hmm. if we believe that we're always the home team and everybody knows, then then that the, the conversations of faith don't happen at all. Mm. And I think if you start from the place of, hey, Christians are still the home team, 
that is where a lot of the um, offense comes in. Mm-hmm. Well, I think a lot of that, too, is that we come to the conversation with arrogance and um Pride, yeah, yeah. and expectations, yeah. yeah, yes. And if we were to come with humility mm. to the conversation, yes. I think we've talked about this before on yeah. previous podcasts. But you come to the conversation with humility and with questions, mm. help trying to understand first where somebody's coming from, yeah. Instead of just making the assumption, oh, I, you know, I know where you came from because you came from the same place I came from, right. and you know, we're the, we're part of the home team, and. That's as you said. That's just not the case. But if we come with those questions of where, what is your background? What is your understanding of the world? Where, where did you get your values, your morals, your mm. thoughts and opinions? Where did that come from? It leads to a better, richer conversation. Do you think we're afraid of some of those conversations? Because what I have found is, that if you dig deep enough, you will find some kind of pain in there that can be traced back to the church. Whether or not it's right or wrong, um, there are a lot of people, especially with in in my interactions with folks, if you go back far enough in their story and listen long enough, they'll say such and so church or so. You know, they've had a painful experience. Do you think we're afraid of those conversations because of that? I I'm going to expand on what you say. Okay. I think absolutely that's true. That yeah. so many have been hurt on right. some level by a church interaction. Mm. And I think there's a group of people that have been hurt by what they expected God to do, but didn't. Oh yeah. So it's not always just the church. It's the church. And then sometimes it's also life has not turned out the way I thought it was going to. So therefore I can't worship God. Yeah. But you know, that speaks to an inaccurate view of who God is. Exactly. Exactly. And that's what this gal was telling me last night as she was getting baptized. She was like, I had an inaccurate view of who God was early mm-hmm. on. And and I think that is true for a lot of people um, that at least I come in contact with is that they think a faith in God means everything always turns out like you want it to. <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on. Mm. And, and we here's still the battle thing. that. And right. here's yeah. the thing. I battle that. Well, Absolutely. and here's the thing. We make it look like that, right. mm-hmm. sure, because we aren't honest, mm-hmm. you know, uh, yeah. and authentic, and and struggling. Um, That's so true. I, and, and so people mm-hmm. from the outside go, "Well, everything's always worked out for you, you know, and everything. Why wouldn't you love God? <laughs> He's yeah. given you all these things and all these blessings. What has He ever done for me, you know?" Mm-hmm. And but I think it's important for us to first of all. If you're listening to this podcast and you're like, yeah, maybe I've grown up with some inaccurate views of God. I think that's where you have to start with your mm-hmm. own belief. Mm-hmm. Because where I find the most insecurity in my conversations with others are places that I don't really believe what I say I believe. What I mean by that is, you know, hey, you got to find your identity and who you are in Christ. You know, when somebody starts mm-hmm. to question me on that, I'm like, oh, I feel like I'm walking on ice here because sometimes that's shaky with me. Not because I don't know it in my head, but because sometimes I don't live it out in my actions. And so I think you have to like rewind the clock and get that right, first of all. Mm -hmm. And then you will feel more confident in the conversations that you have with people. But, But I think a lot of us carry some religious baggage with us mm-hmm. um, throughout life. 
and that gives us an inaccurate view of who God is. Yeah, well, and I think like one of the things Tricia said about how we think our worlds are supposed to turn out the way our lives are supposed to turn out yeah. off the way yeah. we think it, that that's putting us at the center of our own universe right. as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the number one thing about God is that he's at the center of right. the universe. Yeah. And we forget who he is. We forget that it's not about us, mm-hmm. that it's about him, that all of it is about him. Um, and, that's what our world is shoving at us these mm. days is yeah. this message is this narrative of you be you you're awesome the way you are mm. you are the god of your own life mm. you go find your own happiness um, and it's all about you being happy it's all about you yeah. being happy and it's mm-hmm. not about god mm. this life not the next mm. that's right yeah. yeah the best is here not the best is yet to come yeah yeah i'm living my best life yeah <laughs> <laughs> living yeah. the best life no you're right on that I think I think that's exactly right. So how does this affect going back to the original question? What does it mean to live in a post-Christian world? We've kind of defined that Christians no longer the home team. So how does that affect our day to day interactions with people? I keep having this image and, and it's a powerful one of so my son's been in marching band and so we've been sitting at a lot of football games they've all been home games but you know i can see this right. image of these 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 sporting events especially this football thing and the home team comes on and um people cheer and then the visiting team comes on and you can hear a pin drop you know and maybe they're excited and they're looking around and they're hoping and maybe there're two or three parents over on the opposing side that cheer for them but when we expect to be cheered for when we stand up for for our beliefs in in Jesus it's just not going to happen just right. like that same team we're not going to just feel bad for them and start cheering for them it's it it's an expectation piece of the way we enter into situations we may not be cheered for however God is cheering for us. Mm. Christ is cheering for us. There are witnesses up above that we know are cheering for us, but our cheering section may not be down here. Mm. And I think when when you know that, you can prepare yourself for that better. Well, and I think before the dawn of social media, when Christians were the home team, when we stood up for our faith, people cheered for us. Yeah. Everybody's like, yeah, I believe that. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there's less fans. When you're the away team, mm-hmm. yeah. just like you mentioned. Yeah. There are less fans because mm-hmm. we are believers now. But you are right. Um, you have to adjust your expectation of who are you, you know, your audience of one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and the expectation, you're exactly right. The expectation of our conversations has to change or we offend or we are gravely disappointed. And Carol, you also said when like I, I went on a mission trip and when I went on a mission trip through with this radio station, I didn't go over to that country expecting them to know English, expecting them to, you know, ask me how they can pray for me. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I didn't. I, I, I went with this idea. I want to serve you. I want to learn about you. I want to be here for you. And I think too much of the time when I'm expecting people to kind of be okay with where I am. It's the wrong idea. I need to be serving instead of Mm. waiting to be served. And that's a good image too. If you've ever gone on a trip, even if it's not a missions trip, but you've gone maybe to volunteer at a soup kitchen or you've done some, some kind of thing, you're not going there to be served. You're going there to serve. Right. And that's kind of the same mentality of the away team. Yes. Yes. I think one of the other things to answer your question too, about the, um, what does it look like to live in a post Christian world? Um, we have a lot of non-biblical truths coming at us mm. as biblical truths. 
Mm. That okay. one of the things we have to do as believers is know what the word of God says. Mm. That we've got to be able to counteract the half truths, which are mm. still full lies, even if they're half truths, they're still they're still lies. Yeah. Um, that the enemy's twisting and using people to twist. Um, and one of those one of the things I think about is that there's even some Christian denominations that still preach that there's all kinds of ways to get to God. Yeah. Yeah. There's all religions lead to God. The God of all the religions are the same God of the Bible. And it's just not true. And we've got to, as Christians, know the word of God so that we can counteract the lies with truth. Ruth Mm -hmm. Graham tells in one of her books that she got to sit with a guy who was in charge of the counterfeit division at Scotland Yard. And so she started talking to him and she said, well, I guess because you're in the counterfeit division, you always study all the fake you know, money that comes through. And he goes, oh, no, ma'am. He said, what I do is I study the real thing so much so that when the fake thing comes across my desk, I automatically know mm-hmm. that, that's awesome. that that's counterfeit. And and I think that Beautiful. is a great place for us to land with if we study God's word so much um, that we know what the real thing is when those lies come. They'll, they'll And the Holy Spirit kind of will peg you on that, too. I know a lot of times mm-hmm. I was like, ah, that sounds good, but that doesn't feel quite right. Mm-hmm. You know, and and that's times where I pull my Bible out and say, what does that God actually say? Mm-hmm. And Be- par- part of that is finding a Bible teaching church. Mm. So, yes. so I, I just yeah. have to feel like I have to say that yeah. because yeah. You do. if your church isn't teaching the Bible, isn't is if it's more like good ideas and platitudes motivational look for a different church they have to teach the bible so and all of it yes the whole counsel yeah. of the well, word of god mm. i heard somebody say one time that uh, even a broken clock is right twice a day <laughs> 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 and we've got to be careful about yeah. that because yeah. mm-hmm. we can look at uh broken pastors and say oh you're oh yeah you're right and they may not be if they're not preaching from the word of God, if they're and, not in the whole scripture, if it's not always right, then it's never right. Here's the thing about this is this has been so much on my mind lately. Here's the thing about social media that scares me is that we see somebody we trust based on their name. And because we've heard good things from them before, we automatically give them our trust and everything they mm-hmm. say. We're like, yes, thumbs up, heart, get you know, and a lot of that stuff you have to examine to see if it really is biblical truth. And I think that's where we get in trouble because we allow so many people to speak into our lives now. We've kind of lost that gatekeeper of, you know, is this true or is it not? Once again, we got to go back to knowing the real thing so Mm -hmm. well that when those counterfeit ideas come. But because social media has opened the door to everybody who has a positive quote or a good idea or a compelling story, doesn't always make them biblical. So our charge to you is know the truth. The truth will set you free and free from a lot of different things, but free from the worry of having to um, to sort out who's right and who's wrong. Um, God will do that. You know, we've talked in the last couple of episodes about the Lord peeling back the layers and kind of showing you what's at the heart of that. And, and I love that um, he does that. When we seek him with all our hearts, he meets us right there. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't say, oh, well, you haven't done enough. You know, and he will always <laughs> meet you, you know, when, when you seek him right. with your heart. And uh, so I, that would be one of the things that I want you to take away from this podcast is know God's word. You will never, 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 never go wrong spending more time in God's word.
And um, I, I just, whoo-wee, that one's a, a bit Bible-believing church, knowing God's word, mm-hmm. and then not afraid to have conversations. Here's what absolutely just aggravates the stink out of me is that a lot of times we will not have conversations because we don't have all the answers. Okay, that is the reason to have a conversation. And let me tell you why. Because if you have all the answers, that's pride. (laughs) And you're a terrible savior. I love you, but you're a terrible savior. And I am too. I know that because for most of my life, I was like, I don't want to share my faith because I don't know all the answers. Well, okay. It's okay to say that. None of us do. Even Bible scholars get stumped every once in a while. Mm -hmm. And so if you are honest enough to say, because here's what that does. It tells the other person, okay, I can ask questions. Number one. Number two, I don't have to know all the answers to believe. That's right. Right? Mm -hmm. This is a walk of faith. That's right. We walk by faith, Mm -hmm. not by sight. There's there's answers we will never know. Answers we will never know until we see Jesus face to face. Mm -hmm. And it gives them permission. It gives them an an open door to kind of stick their foot in and test out the waters. And I also get so frustrated when people are like, I I shared my story. You know, and, and Jesus needs to be the hero of the story, by the way. Because if you're still the hero, that might be why they didn't come to Christ. Because you didn't make him the hero. You're still the hero. Mm-hmm. You're a terrible savior again. I love you, but you're a terrible savior. So um, I think Jesus has to be the hero. But one people, one thing people don't do is, is share their story, and then they get frustrated because people don't come to Christ. Well, it's not up to you. Mm-hmm. I will never forget. A friend of mine said, "Hey, Carol, it's not up to you." And I was like, "You know, you're right." Mm-hmm. But we don't share. Because we feel defeated when people don't come to Christ, when that's not our job. That's right. Yep. Our job is to be faithful mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. open our mouths to share the gospel message. Not scripture to says, somebody. "Go and tell." Right. Our life. What we what's happened so far. Go you know, tell. We, d- go tell. Go tell. Go tell. So on the mountain. Go I'm tell. sorry. I felt like I got kind of on a soapbox there. It's good. I do that a fun, lot here on this podcast. To be on. This is a good place for that. Let's. I love it. I love. Um, we're figuring it out together. I, we are. And if you have comments, mm-hmm. questions, uh, things that that you would like to ask, we are always open. Um, we love hearing from you. Um, we love getting your emails. And so you can always email us at girltalkatthelightfm.org. You can get on the Facebook page. You can send us a message in the private um, girlfriends of the girl talk podcast page but the most important thing that i think were you want to add something not at all okay okay thinking that kelly's lipstick looked pretty okay well that it does it does and uh we want to hear from you and we want you to be a bright light because god has placed you where you are for a specific reason and that is to lift up his great name so that all men will be drawn into him all men all women all people in your influence so if you got questions comments about that we'd love to hear from you want to say a great big thank you to our friends at fox toyota of east tennessee for sponsoring season six we love you folks thank you for standing behind us and we will see you next time we gather around these microphones for the girl talk podcast 